everyone. Welcome to the smartest guy in the room. I'm your host, Jerry Dempsey, along with Matt Smith. Hi, buddy. Hello, hello. How's your Sunday morning going so far? Ah, uh, so far, I haven't even been up an hour yet, but uh, it's been successful. It's been a successful 40 minutes so far. Have you ever tried to do intermittent fasting? I did it for three years, and it is it was life-changing. Really? It worked, you're saying? It sounds like. Yeah, it was... Uh, it did everything it was supposed to. Uh, it uh, it improved my lipid numbers, and uh, I did lose weight doing it. I com- I mean, I, I combined it with a very strenuous physical workout program. But yeah, it was uh, it was successful. I don't do it at this time. Uh, because I have to get up too early in the morning now. And uh, I've been thinking about going back to it, though. <clears throat> it's it's not as difficult as it sounds because most people probably go 10 to 12 hours without eating and don't even realize it. Right. So you're just, you're just really adding three or four hours onto it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, I'm, I'm a big proponent of it. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on that. Um, I've been doing it recently. And, you know, when I wake up, besides coffee with some almond milk in it, which is unsweetened, doesn't really taste that good. I won't eat till like 11 or 12 in the morning. And um, I'd say the first couple days is like anything else. It's the hardest. But it's a question of you know, the discipline of just saying, hey, I know I'm going to eat. The food is there. I can fucking wait, you know? Yeah, usually you go uh, eight hours on, 16 hours without. So I usually, when I was doing it, I went, because we eat dinner late. I went, I probably fasted from 9 p.m. until... 1 p.m. the next day and you can have black coffee and water um, mm-hmm. but uh, nothing else the first cup the first month is pretty difficult uh, you really got to get used to it and uh, when you know when one o'clock would roll around I was I was ready to eat you know a human alive you know but uh, you get used to it but again, Interesting. You know, the uh, major improvement for me, because it runs in my family, uh, you know, bad lipid numbers runs in my family, and mine improved. Is that like LDL? When you say lipid numbers, I'm not Yeah, it's doctor, like cholesterol buddy. and triglycerides and all the other stuff they test the that you get tested for when they do a blood panel. Um, right. So that it, the fasting had a dramatic impact on that because and it it does tie into like blood sugar and things like that and uh, uh, so I was you know that's why I'm a believer in it because of the I was there was actual numbers 
that I could see and point to yeah. and say, hey, you know, this is paying off. It's, it, it is important that you have something tangible that you can look at from an evidence point of view. Hey, before we get into our topic, I just wanted, I wanted, uh, speaking of dopamine and rewards, um, I avoided successfully a, a confrontation with a Karen uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact. Really? So I went to the gym. Yeah, I dropped my kid off at this cross-country meet, and then I went to the gym. And there was nobody there when I got there. And like a, like a total, you know, asshole, I guess, that I am. I didn't park, and I got a pretty big truck, but I parked away from, you know, I didn't park right up closest to the gym. I parked kind of far away, and there was no cars in the parking lot. But I didn't park uh, symmetrically in between the lines. Wasn't on the line, but I wasn't, you know, smack dab in the middle between the two parking lines, okay? <laughs> so when I came out, the car, there was a car a truck sitting right next to mine on my driver's side. Again, the parking lot was not even 25% full. It was right there. It was right on top of me to the point where I could not get into my car. And the person was sitting in their car, like sitting there waiting for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm walking out and I'm like, wow, why is that car right on top of me? And there's spots everywhere. So they're, you know, again, I don't want to assume, but if they, if they did this on accident, it'd be pretty surprising. Okay. So I walk out and I, I kind of look and I'm like, oh, I can't get in there. And I look at them and it's a woman and she's staring at me. So I just hop in the passenger side, hop over the seat and I just drove away. But the whole time I wanted to like. Once I got in, I was going to open my door and just smash her car with my (laughs) my car door. Like, I seriously contemplated that for about a second. And I said, no, I'm just going to drive away like nothing. Like, I didn't even know anything happened. But I was like, what? What kind of a person? Like, like, I guess the goal was to teach me a lesson, which, you know, (laughs) I can't even teach myself a lesson. (laughs) How long did she be proud of myself? I wonder uh, how long she waited. I mean, I was in the gym for at least an hour. So it's tough to say. And and again, you know, playing devil's advocate, uh, maybe there was no malice. Maybe there was no lesson teaching t- set up for me. But it just seemed way too, you know, there's too much evidence to point it to the other, kind of the other direction. Well, I had a confrontation yesterday. And I provoked it. I don't know if I'm a Karen or not, but uh, I have a pre-existing problem with a lot of these guys who drive these oversized pickups. And that's me. Sorry, man. I just automatically hate them. They're small dicked motherfuckers. And, you know, uh, if you're in construction or on a farm, that's one thing. But, you know, otherwise, stop. You're just playing the tough guy. Shut the fuck up. Stop. Go get a car. You don't need this big, giant truck. Anyway, I live on a corner lot in a very, very busy neighborhood with a lot of kids. 
a lot of pedestrians and a lot of bikers and everything else. And I'm walking my dog back toward my house, back toward the, this four-way intersection in front of my house. And I see this pickup truck. It's like 7.30 in the morning. And this guy's barreling. And I know there's no way he's going to make this stop at the stop sign. And so right. my question is, is he going to roll through it or is he just going to blow through it? Right. Blow through the intersection. Now, granted, it's 730 in the morning. There's not too much going on at that time. But. Again, I have a prejudice against these these yep. people to begin with. And sure enough. He blows through the intersection, you know, without stopping. He just, it was, it was made up in his mind that he was just not going to stop. Right. And this is something I, that I see with high school kids too. And I live right across the street from a high school during the day when there is a lot of people uh, walking around and riding their bikes and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's an issue that I'm cognizant of to begin with and, and, I had a stick in my hand, so when the when the pickup truck drove by my dog and I, I, I hurled it at the at the truck. On I, I didn't give a shit. Yeah, I just fucking hurled it, you know. <laughs> I, and I hit the truck, and I meant to hit the truck. Holy shit! <laughs> and he drove he drove by me. Then he stopped and he drove back. And he uh -huh. rolls his window down. He's gonna get out, but he sees that I mean business. I like first of all, my dog's a psycho. My dog uh -huh. would have charged him. She would have charged him to play with with him, but she comes yeah. off very, very ferociously. So he wouldn't have known. And I was just ready to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts he get, he decides to knock it out of the truck and he starts yelling at me and I start yelling at him and I tell him, you know, and, and I, I feel I'm in the right. I it probably I probably wasn't in the right to throw a stick at his truck, but I don't care. Right. You know, the guy. The guy did something that, you know, there's cops all over my village, too. Like, but they're never around yeah. when I see this shit, of course. And uh, so we start jawing at each other and I tell him I lie to him. But I'm like, I've got grandkids that play in my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, technically, my kids are old enough to have kids. Yeah, you so can like, totally you know, be a grandpa. He doesn't, he doesn't look it, but yeah. He doesn't need to know. So yep. anyway, he ended up driving off. My wife saw the whole thing and I got in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. But here's my only real question. He doesn't know where you live, does he? <laughs> oh, I think he does. I actually, when he, uh, this, I was right across the street from my house by this time from my driveway mm -hmm. and I kind of made it. I kind of exaggerated my walking across the street to my house because I wanted him to know where I lived. Uh, you did or did not? I did. I want him to come back. I'll beat him. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I've been always given that advice, too, of anonymity is always the best. Of course it is. I wasn't thinking straight. I just don't like these people. That's all uh, right. Some guy, um, some guy, <laughs> it's pretty funny that that um i'll just tell this real quick one there's this giant truck that was near where my kids by the library where my kids were doing this play and the one day i dropped my kids off at the play and he's like behind me getting on the highway 
and he's like, there's traffic all over the place, and he's, it's a big, it's between a semi, it's like a giant tow truck thing. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it's big. And he's like tailgating me the whole stop and go away to get on the highway. And I keep looking, I'm like, what the fuck does this guy think? You know, I have nowhere to go, but he's going to ride me. So then once we get on the highway, I just floor it. And then I see him flooring it. Like I'm weaving in and out of people because I'm taking out my aggression, pretending I'm like, you know, some race car driver. And then I see him in this giant truck doing the same thing. Like, oh, he's coming after me now. And I didn't do anything. I didn't break check him. I didn't do anything to even let him know that I was annoyed. But he's coming for me. <clears throat> and then he comes up next to me and he's like, he's like I can see him in his truck. Um, I can um, hear you on my phone. I don't know what you just did, but I can hear you. I, I can hear my voice in your thing. Now I can't. All right. I don't know. So he pulls up next to me in the highway because I'm in the right lane. He gets in the left lane and he slows down to like drive parallel with me. And he's like yelling at me and making gestures. So I just wave to him with that stupid like, uh, you know, queen wave with the hand. Like, hello, little faggot. (laughs) You know, and then I punch it and just take off. He can't. I mean, I got up to like 85 miles an hour. I'm like. Let's see if this asshole wants to really play. <laughs> so anyway, a couple days later, I drove through the neighborhood where he came out of and I found where he lived. And, and in my mind, like 10 times, I'm like, what, what, what should I do to him? Come up, come by in the, in the middle of the night with a BB gun and shoot out his windows. <laughs> like I had all these ideas. I was going to fuck with him. And, uh, you know, I didn't do anything. But I mean, that's the kind of mentality. Because now I know where he lives. He has no idea. You know. He has no idea that I even exist. And I like that because I could fuck with him anytime I want. And then I, you know, but then I don't because <laughs> I grew up a little bit. <laughs> you can do a but lot I just of. I hope that guy doesn't come back and fuck with your house when you're not around. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, man. I don't know. <sighs> well, All right, well, if, our... if, if he does, I'll know it's him. Ah, but will you? <laughs> but you know I'm where in, he lives. <laughs> I'm in too high traffic an area for anyone to do that. There's too much going on near my house. You got the ring camera? No, I don't even need it. Besides, the the, the janitors at the high school across the street are always, you can't smoke on school grounds mm-hmm. anywhere in New York State. And so they have to walk off the school property in order to smoke. Oh, God. And, and so they do... They walk like three feet over the back parking lot, which my driveway faces. Yeah. So they they take a smoke break like every 45 minutes and they just stand like the king of the hill guys drinking a yeah. beer. They stand on the sidewalk smoking, staring at my house every day. And there's not like one or two of them. There's like nine of them. They all come out together. Yeah. So. Between the janitors who are always out smoking and all the pedestrians and there's too much going on. He, he, this guy wouldn't be able to sneak, you know, easily. I love that you threw a stick at his truck. That makes me laugh so much inside and externally. <laughs> I don't care. I've lost my mind. <laughs> I just don't give a shit anymore. I really don't. Well, there's value in that. 
My kids right, don't we'll need me anymore, time. and I got life insurance. So if he murders me, I'm, I'm everything's everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> that is outstanding. What's our topic today, buddy? You know, it's Sunday. If it's NFL Sunday, and I hate the NFL. Yeah. And you know, I wanted to talk about why and how America has attached so much importance to the NFL. And in doing so, they've taken a sport that I liked, and I got to tell you, I pretty much despise football and the NFL, pro football and the NFL now, because America has ruined it for me. And I think... At what point did this sport in our country become so important? So let's talk about this because it's interesting. And there's a lot of issues, you know. I mean, let's start with the fact that this sport now is covered on television 24 hours, seven days a week, all year round. Not yep. only not only during the NFL season, but all year round. That in and of itself has made me hate the sport. I think if I was a player, it would make me hate the sport. Because well, to your point, they, they don't get left alone just to go kind of be them. It's like they're, you know what I mean? Like, like when you're on, you have to be on for work. You know what that's like. Right. You know, you look forward to the time where you can decouple and go, you know, back to whatever and no one's bothering you for work items and you don't have to be like uber professional or whatever. You can just be a regular schmuck. Right. And I don't think those guys, you know, they go to the club or they go get a lap dance. You know, that's going to be on TMZ the next day. <laughs> well, it's beyond that, though, now, like, you know, Tom Brady's marriage is has been uh. in the news. For the last, you know, eight weeks. For the last two months, we've been hearing about Tom Brady's marriage. Now, whether you like Tom Brady or not, is this, I mean, this is the guy's marriage. Like, what? what is off limits when it comes to the NFL now? And I listen to these grown men who are NFL pundits. You know, they make their living. They literally make their living in the toy department of life. You know, this the shit it this it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But in listening to these guys, they are more pissed off over a quarterback's poor performance. Not just Tom Brady, it could be like some scrub quarterback. But if you throw four interceptions on a Sunday afternoon, these people are fucking outraged. And you know, I bet I bet they have no idea what, what Vladimir Putin is doing. And I bet they wouldn't even give a shit. But God damn it, some Atlanta Atlanta Falcons quarterback throws four interceptions, and they make they make the guy out to sound like he's the the um, America's greatest villain. <laughs> I don't get. I it. mean, you go back in time to like maybe the time of our moms when they were younger, and isn't that how like soap operas became the thing? 
because they had nothing. These poor ladies trapped in their houses doing housework all day and had really nothing going on. <laughs> so they <laughs> so they started showing those TV shows for them. Well, you know, I was reading a a, a story yesterday because I, I saw something on Twitter and I did not remember this happening. But apparently the Buffalo Bills had a player who just decided to he walked off the field and he retired literally in the middle of a game at halftime. He didn't tell his coaches. He didn't tell the fellow players. I didn't remember this. So I went back and I read up on this guy. And after this is like the year after he retired, he was given a talk to some middle school kids in Washington, DC. And, and like after they were, after the event, there was a question and answer and the kids were asking him typical kids questions, you know, about the NFL. But then one student I read got up and asked, is the NFL, do you think the NFL, this is like an eighth grader asking this guy who had a, this awakening and then retired during the middle of a game. This kid asked him, do you think that the NFL is a modern form of slavery? And it was so like, at first I started laughing, but then I started thinking about it. And, you know, really, you think about it. The NFL now, they went from a 14-game schedule to a 16-game schedule Mm -hmm. to a 17-game schedule. And, you know, this is a very brutal game, and this was an issue with the players. And, you know, but there's so much money involved now in this sport that these players really, I mean, you know, Let's put this into perspective. The players are making tens of millions of dollars. But, you know, I mean, in the name of money, these guys are modern day gladiators. You know, they're, they're, their yep. health is being sacrificed in the name of money. You know, it, you're reading about all these CTE cases, this brain disease that these guys, you know, after their death, they're, they're diagnosed with. And, they don't really have a lot of say other than to just walk away from the game. They don't, if, if they want to keep playing and earning that money, their, their health is being, you know, put at risk. And yeah, again, it's and again, again, it's, it's uh, again, it's, it's the sport has taken on this, such a great importance in, in, in our culture. And I don't understand it. I don't have an answer other than to say uh, forever, okay, at least in my book, listening to announcers has always, like, been a turnoff to me. (laughs) Yeah. And um, it's like they just amp it up even more so now. Like, um, yesterday morning, when I got back uh, from avoiding the Karen, I put on ESPN. And they had some fat country singer from Appalachian State talking to, like, Lee Corso and all those other guys that do the NCAA stuff. And I just, I like, my stomach was turning. Just, like, I couldn't imagine having to do what these people were doing. It just seemed so pathetic, like, listening to them talk. And, like, and to your point, try to make something so 
stupid and idiotic sound so relevant and like important. <laughs> I know. Well, that, yeah, exactly. It's such a, so irrelevant, but it's, it's taken on this importance, you know, and I, I, I want to make it clear. I love my Buffalo bills. I hope they win the super bowl. I am going to the home opener as uh, someone gave me a free ticket. So I'm like, shit. Yeah. I'm dog for free. Cause these tickets now, that's another thing. These tickets now are going for between $300 for the worst seat in the stadium to like $900. Yeah, and this is Buffalo. This is not a place where people have that kind of, uh, you know, money to just to blow. But mm-hmm. they'll blow it on this, which, you know, hey, it's their money, their business. But anyway, I was given a free ticket. But I was the um, last week. And the season opener was on nation. It was on national television. And before the game even started, I had to ter- mute the television. And I ended up watching the tele the game with music on for the night because I couldn't stand the fact that these re- sideline reporters were trying to dramatize, you know, the all these backstories. And the one and the one story that made me turn the game off was. And I mentioned this to you when we were talking about this topic, but the reporter was like, there's a player named Von Miller on the Bills who left the Los Angeles Rams last year to go to the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills were playing the Rams at during this first game of the season. Yeah. And she was saying, you could just look in Von Miller's eyes and tell how difficult a decision it was to leave L.A. and go to Buffalo. And I just, this guy was paid $120 million to do what she just said. That's not very difficult. You know, it's, it's a Uh, difficult decision to put your dog down. It's a difficult decision to pull the plug on a family member who's in a coma. Like, like going somewhere to make $120 million to play a kid's game. Stop. I mean, it's, you know. The story, the pit and the pendulum could mean many different things to many people. But like going back to sports in the old days when men, you know, were forbidden to even have emotions (laughs) (laughs) to now where emotions drive every decision. Like I can't walk into a grocery store and I have to make an emotional decision to buy what type of apple or fucking of the 40 brands of toothpaste there are out there. Like everything we do is not emotionally driven <laughs> by our sense of shared victimhood either. You know, you're right. But everything in the NFL is emotionally driven. Like, take a look at the Colin Kaepernick, you know, stuff. Oh, God, which, I'm going to throw up. You know, politicians seized on that moment to play into people's emotions. Now, no matter what side of this that you fall on, you know, the guy taking the knee during, during the anthem, their players have done way worse things and have their careers have not literally been taken away from them. But if, if a player in any other league, hockey, basketball, baseball did the same thing, they might've been shit on for a while, but they not, they would have not lost their career. They, and there were, there was like NHL coaches who warned their players, like, don't do this shit. I'm not going to tolerate it. And, but again, if there was a player in another league who did that, 
it might have drawn a couple of stories. It might have been a controversy, but there would not have been politicians jumping on the story if it happened in the like the NHL. But this became, you know, because a football player did it, it took on this significance that it never should have taken on. And it, again, it's just this this attention that is drawn to the NFL for some reason, you know, and I, I just, it's made me just despise the league in its entirety. I mean, the sad thing from my point of view is that you kind of touched on it earlier and um, it's a little bit of a side topic, but you know, we're ruining sports for little kids is, is what oh. it amounts to. Absolutely. You know, I mean, something that was supposed to be like, again, when I was a kid and when you were a kid, if you think about the percentage of pickup sports to organized sports that you played, I don't know what the percentage, but to me, it was probably like 80, 20, whereas 80% of the sports I played were pickup sports in the street with kids from the neighborhood and 20% probably actually organized. I'd never played organized hockey, but I played so much street hockey, you know, uh, that that's my, you know, when I think of hockey, I think of street hockey. You and you never see street hockey anywhere in Buffalo anymore. And it, and it was, it was omnipresent when we were growing up. Yeah. I mean, when I was, uh, I went away to college for one year and they had, I forget they had a name for it, but they had this, organized basically street hockey tournament throughout the college. Yeah. And like ambulances would come and park during the games because they were so bloody. (laughs) I I played in a few of them and guys would fight. And I mean, it was pretty brutal, but it was a ton of fun. And it got, it got, you know, it was a huge following at the school and it was all, you know, just organized by the students. Yeah, there's uh, uh, the only time you see street hockey now in Buffalo is when it's an organized tournament. And um, actually, there was a talk on Twitter about how you never see street hockey in Buffalo anymore. And I got involved in the talk. And what grew out of it was we were going to we organized a street hockey tournament downtown. And the gist of it was the money was going to be used to give to the families of the tops victims who, you know, suffered uh, during that tops massacre where the races shot 10 people in the black neighborhood downtown. And we had all these sponsors and stuff on board and everything was working out perfectly. And then there was some scheduling conflict where the sponsors uh, had to pull out for, some reasons and the whole thing fell through but yeah unless there's tournaments you don't see that kind of activity with kids anymore everything is and that's you know there's an i'm glad that the bills going back to the nfl i'm glad that the bills here in buffalo the fan following here is rabid i mean it's but it's out of control and there are so many people in buffalo who just have so little going on in their life that they their whole identity now is wrapped up in being a bills fan and, you know, that's the other thing that drives me crazy is 
you know, I was talking to someone last week, and this it was the Bills home opener or built the Bills season opener last week, and this person at eight in the morning was dressed from head to toe in Bills clothing. You know, Bills sneakers, Bills pants, like me right now, <laughs> Bills <laughs> Bills jersey, and he was telling me how nervous he was and how he was ready to run through a wall. And I'm just like, you're not playing. <laughs> the game yeah. is, well, the game is 12 hours away. And, you know, whether they win or lose, you're going to go to your shitty job the next morning. And I'm like, what the, why are you nervous? <laughs> and he's like, well, we got to win tonight. And I'm like, win or lose, your life is not going to change at all. And everyone in Buffalo is like, oh, the, for the next two months or three months, my the, my attitude is going to be for the week is going to be determined by how the Bills do on Sunday. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I mean, it, to your point, though, I guess if Karl Marx was alive today, he would say instead of religion is the opium of the masses, he'd probably say, Football is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Football, at least in Buffalo, is a religion. You know, I always joke that in Buffalo, there's three recognized religions, Catholicism, bowling, and the Buffalo Bills. You know? I mean, you could almost be... Maybe Buffalo needs its own, like, Rudy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo is a Rudy movie. <laughs> it really is. It's just... Yeah, uh, I had this. I have a black Buffalo Bills hat for the folks that aren't watching on video. And um, I had it on the other day because I have a nice little bald spot in my head that gets sunburned now. So it's nice. And um, anyway, I forgot I even had it on. These people are like, oh, love the Bills, love the Bills, love the Bills. And uh, almost to the point where I wanted to take it off because I just didn't <laughs> want the attention from people. But there are a lot of Bills people down here in in the Carolinas. Yeah. And um it, it's just like a disease that spreads. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a thing in Buffalo too now. So if you walk by someone and they say go Bills to you, you're supposed to say go Bills back. And if you don't, you get fucking shit on. <laughs> I mean, you get dragged. And it's just so silly. It's just you know, I walk around all the time now, like I'll walk around downtown praying someone says, doesn't say go bills to me. <laughs> you got to say it back, buddy. I mean, join or die. That's the that's the chant, right? I'm just contrarian enough to not say it back <laughs> to prove my to prove a need a, a point that just doesn't need to be made. <laughs> it reminds me of like when we were in high school. I don't know if you remember this, but we we started a rumor that we we're going to have an anti-prom party because we just decided that the prom was stupid and we didn't want to go to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember getting yelled at by like one of the priests or whatnot, you know, and he said, <laughs> it's probably one of the only times in my life this has ever been said to me. He's like, you know, Dempsey, you're like a leader in your class and people listen to you. <laughs> I just start laughing. I'm like, well, they're dumb then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, our, our class was pretty stupid. <laughs> but it just, it, it's fun being a contrarian. Come on. <laughs> it, it is. It is. You know, and it, the other, the one last thing I'll talk about with the NFL is 
I can't stand fantasy football. People are so crazy. Like, in my opinion, if you're a male, there's only certain fantasies you have. And those fantasies should not involve <laughs> muscly NFL players. But, you know, I don't know the word for it. I'll say passion, maybe. The passion and the energy that some people, some guys I know that put forth in these fantasy leagues. But, you know, I mean, it's all tied to, you know, gambling, essentially. Yep. And I, you know, I had to write in the course of my job one time, not too long ago, a couple, you know, uh, I had to write like marketing content for some contest that was tied to a NFL game. And part of it was the total offense that was produced by both teams. Now in the old, and I didn't know what it was because I don't pay attention to anything but how the Bills do. I I refuse to watch the rest of the NFL. So when I had to sit down and write it as part of my job, I went on the internet to look up what the total yards were from that game. In the old days, you could just go in the newspaper. You could see what the score was. You could see how many yards were produced by each team. Well, you can't do that anymore. Now when you go on the internet to look up the stats from a game, it's so in-depth, and you get the stats of every single player, even if they spent 19 seconds on the field. And so you can't get it's, – it's, it's very, very complex, and it's very, very detailed now. And the reason for that is because of the money and the gambling that's attached – these yep. games now through fantasy and, and, and other things. So again, like it's just, it's just taken the, the simple entertainment value of the sport and they've removed it from the sport. It's and like it's, extracting it's, the joy. Yeah. And making it yeah. like a job. Cause that's and what I get. You're right. Yeah. And I guess that's a perfect way of putting it. And I guess that's just encapsulates what I'm talking about. We have somehow extracted the joy and the distraction and the entertainment out of the NFL, and we've made it into this, I don't know, this ridiculous. Well, it's so, yeah, it's so, look, it, when I, it, I, I will use my corporate experience as a proxy, but when I started working a long time ago in California, you know, it was, there wasn't, I don't want to say it was like the wild west, but you know, you kind of felt like an entrepreneur and you listen to anyone that started a business. They'll always tell you like, once the suits come in and take over, they fucking squeeze out any of the good time and fun and everything is metricized and fucking scientific, you know? And like, I remember I worked a job and they, they had they handed me like a script and they're like, this is what you do when you call people. I'm like, I know how to fucking call people. Get, get that <laughs> thing out of my face. I'm like, people want to deal with other humans. They don't want to fucking talk to a robot. But then you listen. Like, I was watching some coach get interviewed one day. And you could see he's trying to talk to some hot woman. That's the other thing. They have all these hot women walk around the field. Like, you know, like downtown Julie Brown was a good idea. But then they, like, mass produced her with, like, all these other people. All right. 
uh, you know, the coach was totally reading from a fucking script. Cause he's like trying to talk to her and then he keeps looking down at the script and you're like, Jesus Christ, they can't even just like ask this guy a couple of off the cuff questions. How'd you play? My guys suck today. Jimmy was good. He caught a fucking pass. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he missed that, that fucking block. No, it's a perfect way to put it though. The suits have taken over, you know? Yep. I mean, and they've ruined it. Well, they've runed it for me at least. That's you know, but again, I'll I'll go to the game tomorrow uh, to enjoy myself, and I'll watch I'll watch thousands of idiots jump Listen. through jump through tables. If you don't because... fucking get drunk, light yourself on fire, and jump off a van onto a table, I don't want to know you anymore. <laughs> the people that literally set themselves on fire and jump through the table are my favorite. <laughs> I mean, as a Buffalonian at heart or whatever, um, when I, you know, my friends from all over will send me those videos. I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. And they're like, you do? You do? I'm like, no, I don't know that asshole. I've lived in Buffalo in 25 years. But it's so funny. Like, you do see, it's like, I know people like this. I grew up, yes, I grew up with these people. Well, what happened too, and again, it, it, there was this importance attached to it, and that's how this thing came about. Are they going to metricize the jumps? Well, <laughs> you know, someone jumped, people started jumping through, one person jumped through a folding table at a Bills game, yep. and that, you know, caused someone else to do it. And then someone f- put it on their, you know, someone recorded it on their phone and then <clears> up- <throat> uploaded it to the internet. Eventually, these things went viral. ESPN started showing it. Yep. So Bills fans, being Bills fans, you know, this is important to them. Being nationally recognized fans is very important to them. So now you have people jumping, going out and buying tables just to go to the Bills game. And, you know, I'm telling you, some people have gotten seriously hurt. Yep. And, and I'm guaranteed. I, you're going to see the first fatality of someone like from breaking their neck, you know, diving through a table because these jumps now are getting more and more sensational and from higher. I hope, you know, I mean, I don't hope that happens, but what, if it does happen, there'll be like a 30 for 30 on it, you know, within a month. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. <laughs> but people are, the backstory. You know, they're, they're doing somersaults through tables. They're, they're covering themselves in ketchup and mustard and jumping through the tables. And some are setting themselves on fire. I, I asked this dude that, that I know, I'm like, you've jumped through a table before, haven't you? And he looked at me like I was the stupid one. And he was like, yeah, are you kidding me? And I said, did it hurt? And he goes, no, it didn't hurt. And then like three seconds later, he's like, well, it hurt a little. And then like three seconds after that. Depends he was on like, how many Labatt's blues he had, right? I mean, come well, on. He goes, he goes, yeah, I jumped through a table. Are you kidding me? He goes, it didn't hurt. <clears throat> Well, it hurt a little. Well, yeah, actually, it hurt a lot. And then he goes, I, I, I went out and bought that table for $80. He goes, but it was worth it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I think you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's just so dumb. But uh, what are you going to do? People need to, you know what? Bottom line is people need something to distract them. You know, yeah. I was trying, I, I try to bring psychology into everywhere I go. Cause I'm weird like that, but like, uh, we talked about, uh, intermittent fasting. Then I was reading this, this topic or reading about this topic called dopamine fasting. You know what that is? 
Yeah. Familiar with that, Big Dog? Yeah. Well, explain it. Well, all right. For the unknown, dopamine is like uh, some kind of chemical reward that makes us do the same thing. Like if you find food, if you're a mouse and you find a piece of cheese, you get a dopamine hit that tells you, oh, this is good. I should keep replicating this behavior. So, I mean, if I jump off a fucking t- jump off a truck or an RV and I land on a table and I don't die, but all my friends cheer me on, that's a dopamine response. And I will probably repeat that behavior until I die. <laughs> well, that, you know, that's one of the, the funny for me. The funny part of the videos is the the reaction to the uh, from the people who are watching the guy jump through the table when they when the, when they jump through the table and everyone around them goes nuts it always it always makes me laugh you know i mean rewarding I, there's, stupid there's behavior go ahead huh what's that i was going to i was going to just link it to like uh the coney island hot dog eating like eating 80 fucking hot dogs has got to be one of the worst things you can do but we <laughs> celebrate it you know so I guess the warning to people is not not everything that gets rewarded is an actual reward. <laughs> but see, I'm glad you brought that up because we celebrate it. We celebrate some guy eating 80 hot dogs. But that is still entertainment to us, and it distracts us for entertainment purposes. And that's cool, and I wish that's what the NFL was still, a distraction for entertainment purposes. But it's become this distraction now that has taken on this ridiculously false importance. And I guess You nailed that's it, though. Funny. When you yeah. said the gambling is, is the culprit or the, you know, the engine, so to speak, behind it, the fucking money, you know, I used to cover Nevada as part of my sales territory. I I hated Vegas and I hated those places before I went there for work and working with the people in the town, man, they would tell you just awful stories about their relatives and how debilitating that fucking that vice can be to the average person, right? It's great when we hear about Michael Jordan blowing a million dollars on a putt because he can't stop gambling over anything. But like to an average schmuck who's blown his paycheck, you know, I mean, and and again, I love the disclaimer, you know, drink responsibly when they show like all these people slugging whiskey. And then the DraftKings, you know, they got all these people and fucking Kevin Hart, which I love that commercial. <laughs> but it doesn't really make me want to gamble because I work too hard for my money and I'm not stupid. Right. But how many people are fucking gambling now all day and night? They're gambling on fantasy football. They're gambling on this. They're gambling on that. It, that's the culprit behind all this shit. And yeah. that ain't going to change. It, I said it before. There's a casino near my house and it's open from 8 a.m. to 4 a.m. every day. And it's the parking lot is never not packed. It's sad. That is sad. <laughs> Speaking of which, I got to hang up and go talk to my bookie. No. <laughs> I actually know. I actually know a guy who's so into football and he told me one year, he's like, his goal for that year was to get a bookie. And I was just like, all right, I give up. <laughs> Do you need a bookie? Well, I mean, it, he needed to be on that level. He needed to take it to that level. You know, you don't need a bookie. 
You don't need to gamble. Yeah, like rich people always say, I got an investment guy. I got a lawyer on retainer. So now it's like, I got a bookie. Yeah, I (laughs) guess it's just another way of showing a feather in your hat, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, This is why, you know, my favorite sport is hockey. And I think one of the things I really enjoy about the NHL is that nobody fucking cares about it. So the sport, because nobody cares about it, it's still pure to me as enter- as an entertainment, you know, value, a form of entertainment. Uh, it's not corrupted yet. Yeah, I like to play. That's the only sport I couldn't, I didn't get to play as a kid, uh, you know, actual ice hockey, but I would have liked to have. But I mean, honestly, when we were kids, I like the fights a hell of a lot more than some of the other action. And I'll, I won't, I, we had a friend, you and me, uh, Pat Cullen, who I remember he, he showed me, I went over his house one time and we watched hockey fights that he had taped on his own VCR. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that kid, that was before that hockey fights was a big thing. And if he had had a little more entrepreneurial spirit, I can't even say that word. Right. Uh, you know, he was really onto something. Don't you remember all those hockey fight tapes? Those yeah. were the best. Well, there are <laughs> hockey fight websites now. And, and someone, <laughs> someone actually gave me as a gift, some, one of the greatest gifts I ever received, three CDs of every Buffalo Sabres fight from <laughs> 19, this is from 1970 to 2015. Absolutely remarkable. Gotta be amazing. But you know, they're making their uh the suits are starting to make inroads into the NHL now too, because now period intermissions on television are sponsored by DraftKings and things like that. Yep. And it's just a matter of time. We fuck everything up. It's all right. I've I have a couple of those stocks. So what are you gonna do? You gotta, you know, you can't beat them, you join them. <laughs> I guess uh, it's a sad state of affairs, buddy. But you know you gotta watch out for you. <laughs> the one club I'll never join is the big pickup club. I- I'm in that club, and uh, I want to get out of it. But I still like the utility of like I use my pickup all the time. Now, so, but I'm I do. Gonna, it is too big for me. I'm gonna throw a stick at you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Josh. man. Go Bills. (laughs) Go Bills. Stay free. Have a good one. Bye.